what Columbia looks like. This is what Columbia looks like. The best place for Columbia College news. I'll give my life for this cause, and I will die for this cause. Covering the stories Chicagoans care about. They're calling for one Chicago. Shut down, make sure die. This is Chronicle Headlines. Welcome in everybody to today's program, and I am your host, Blaze Mesa, the managing editor at the Columbia Chronicle. On today's program, we will be discussing Tinder U, a pup pop-up, and comp trollers. But first, Governor Bruce Rauner has launched the Driving a Cleaner Illinois program, which plans to remove older diesel engines with more eco-friendly alternatives. The program uses $108 million from the VW settlement. The first round of funding will be directed toward government-owned bus and train projects in the Chicagoland area. Jennifer Walling, executive director of the Illinois Environmental Council, said the switch from diesel engines to more eco-friendly alternatives such as electric was overdue. Our electric grid is getting cleaner and cleaner every day, but you know, diesel engines, like I said, are getting dirtier and dirtier every day. Over to our next story, Columbia has hired advertising agency Social Deviant to create a new marketing campaign. Social Deviant plans to increase digital content in October and complete implementation of the campaign by late fall or early winter. Dr. Kim said the new campaign will put more emphasis on specific student programs. So it's really more um, telling the college's story effectively. Mm -hmm. And I think probably at the core of that message is the idea that creatives can be wildly successful in the world. Then Michael Joseph, Vice President of Enrollment Management, said that the goal is to reach 8,000 students in the coming years. I think 8,000 is the magic number. I think that's realistic in terms of as you're addressing not only what we need to do quantitatively to grow over the next four or five years, but also we want to be looking at kind of quality indicators as well. Now to our top story from this week. The Chronicle was able to sit down with Dr. Kim and talk about the upcoming school year. When asked, what are some goals you hope to accomplish this year, Kim responded with this. We're asking a lot of questions right now about the nature of our uh, security presence on campus. What do we want? So if you look at other universities and colleges in the city, it goes all the way from some, some of the big universities have actual formal police forces on their campus, all the way to something very informal. We're, we're more in the less formal end. So I'm thinking all the time about how much of a, how critical is that for us? Um, I'm really pleased that the students seem to have responded really well to these changes with like ID checks and things. Mm -hmm. I haven't had a single student complain to me about this. And yeah. I think the students realize we're just trying to make the building safer for them, right? Um, the, the place where there'll be a whole sort of a jump up in terms of the security of the building will be the new student center because we're building it from the ground up. So that'll be card swipe access, um, which we still have to make sure it's going to work for everyone. Um, and then we're going to sort of look at that building and how it functions and see if there are lessons that we can apply to the rest of our campus as well. Dr. Kim was also asked, what challenges do you anticipate for this academic year? And responded by saying this. It's a challenging time in higher education right now in this country, mm -hmm. except for the really, really elite institutions. Um, we're all kind of struggling with the fact that there are fewer students than there used to be, and there's more skepticism about whether there's a real value in higher education at all. So, I mean, those are all the things that we're going to juggle with. Um, you know, my ongoing commitment to being present for students doesn't change. 
This year, maybe one of the things that's a little different is I feel like I want to be much more present to our faculty. Because we're in this transition to a new provost, I want to make sure that the faculty feel like they have access to me, that they're hearing hearing from me where I think the college is moving. So that, that's probably a little bit of a shift of my focus. And then, of course, there's the ongoing challenge of staying really in close contact with the city and what's going on. Yesterday was a giant day in the city with our mayor's announcement. So it's going to be interesting for me to see who, who the new power brokers are and how do they relate to this college. And my job is always to try to make sure that they have a positive thought about Columbia. That was Dr. Kim speaking with our editor-in-chief, Ariana Porta-Latin. You can hear more of the interview online by going to ColumbiaChronicle.com to read the full story. But enough of Dr. Kim, it's time to switch gears. I have Catherine Savage, a staff reporter at The Chronicle, in the studio with me. How are you doing today, Catherine? Good, how are you? I am doing good. So, uh, what do we got on the docket today? Uh, what was your story about? So my story for this week was all about Tinder's new feature, Tinder U. It's uh, basically a feature for college-age students to connect easier with each other. And they say that it's supposed to be more about friendships and less about romantic relationships. So is it uh, similar to Bumble where you have the option to click in like Bumble Date, Bumble Business, Bumble whatever? Is it a whole separate app or is it a part of the Tinder profile thing? So it's a part of the Tinder app. It's not a separate one. So you uh, to get in, you have to have a verified.edu address to access it. So is it kind of like Bumble in that regard? Will it still, like, how would the would it try and pair you up with anyone, or is it just like how does how does it determine if you're a student with the um your the, the student email? Is that how you get certified with this? Yeah. So with the student email, and you can actually switch back and forth easily between the two. So. You could be on the student section only looking for students in the area, or you could go back on the normal section and find everyone. Oh, so it'll keep you lumped in that 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 general group. Okay, yeah, yeah that makes that makes a little more sense. Uh, um, but I mean, it's still it's still Tinder. So when you were talking with some of your sources, were any of them kind of I don't want to say apprehensive, but I know you mentioned it could be used for study partners. But Tinder, historically a dating app, was anyone like? I don't want to say skeptical, but at least apprehensive about that? Yeah, a few of the students I talked to, um, they thought that it'd be a really good idea to meet people, but they were kind of wondering if it would be good just because it was attached to the name Tinder, and that is so synonymous with, like, hookup culture and just casual relationships like that. So they were wondering if it would actually be able to work with friendships. And we do actually have a clip of some of that skepticism, so you can take a listen to that right now. I mean, college is awesome. It's like such a great experience for a lot of people. You don't want to be, you know, glued to your phone in your dorm room or your apartment. That was licensed marriage and family therapist Anita Chilpala, if I am saying that correctly, echoing some of that skepticism that we have talked about because it is it is linked up with, um, you know, Tinder, and Tinder is synonymous with its own things. But was everyone more on the negative side of the spectrum or were some people at least... A little more, I don't want to say positive, but was someone viewing this in a better light? Some people were viewing it as a better light. Um, the students did seem to be interested in it for like a classroom aspect. So you can meet people who are taking the same class as you, but don't have the same teacher. So you could find people that way. So you're not just stuck with the same people in your major necessarily or in the club that you're in. So you could find more people. But I think it was pretty even like people thought there were good things about it and negative aspects. Yeah, so um, 
I know the, the Columbia did have some pretty big Facebook groups last year. A couple thousand people in at least each class, but they were taken away by Facebook. We don't know why, so I guess that could kind of make up for that. But I think we did have a freshman who was able to comment on this, so uh, we're going to have her speaking right now. I think a lot of people would be interested in using it. Like, I know, like, with Facebook being so outdated, but, like, that's kind of, like, the only thing, like, freshmen kind of use is, like, the Facebook group page to kind of get in touch with each yeah. other. But, like I said, like, Facebook's so outdated, so if there was, like, this new fresh thing that everyone was on where everyone could connect, that could be really useful, and I think a lot of people would be interested in it. Mm -hmm. That was a second semester freshman, Athena Doris, talking about how the Tinder app could actually bring us together. And its intended purposes, but do you know the inspiration behind this app and why they decided to make a, a Tinder specifically for university students? I mean, how much of that market is is the Tinder market college students? So uh, they actually said that between the ages of 18 and 24 year olds, that 50% of Tinder's market was that age. So that was a little bit behind the inspiration, and they just wanted a better way for those people to connect easier and to get people not only from the college that you're going to, but the colleges that surround you also. So you mentioned that um, it's Columbia and it could be like Roosevelt and DePaul and all that. How does it know? Like if you're taking an online course at, I don't know, insert uh, online college here, will it link you up with some guy who's sitting at home taking online classes compared to a student who's going in and out of class each day? So it has to be a face-to-face -face situation. So it can't be anywhere that does like strictly online classes. You have to actually go into class. Okay, so it has to be an institution that that offers that. So even if you do have an email for you know the, an online university, it won't put them on the actual site. Yeah, it won't be able to go because it has to be four-year accredited and face-to-face. -face. Four years. So would community colleges? They're two years. They wouldn't be. Community college wouldn't be. Ouch. No love for community colleges. Now, I'm, I'm interested because I think you talked to two students, correct? Mm -hmm. Did either one of them say, at least say they may potentially use this in the future? They could see themselves trying it out? Yeah, they definitely said that they would be interested in trying it, especially for, uh, I know the freshman student I talked to said that she would be interested because like the Facebook groups they can use, but since Facebook is getting a little bit more outdated, she would definitely be interested in using that as a way to like kind of supplement that or even take away the Facebook groups. Hmm. See, I'm, I don't know though. You know, I feel like I've been on enough dating apps to where I mean, how much different could it be? You know, we set the age preferences, I guess, but interesting. So they both at least were a little bit interested or are open to the idea at, at the minimum? Yeah, they were both open to the idea and interested. Hmm. I don't know if I could see myself on it. Me. Either. Yeah, no. Too good for everyone anyways. Um. So when is this app uh, available? Is it, is it in the App Store right now? So you can actually use it right now. It launched on August 21st. And is it, I think I already asked this, is it a separate app from the Tinder app? Or is it an update in the Tinder app? It's like an update in the Tinder app, so you would just have to plug in the email address with your .edu. So people who have Tinder may have already done the switch? Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. But, I mean, I still, you know, nothing against Tinder, but I think, um, what was, uh, not to say her name incorrectly again, but uh, Anita, the licensed marriage and uh, family therapist, was kind of talking about, you know, yeah, it's a different take on it, 
but there's still you still need to be committed in a relationship and there's still some of those problems and it's still kind of you know no disrespect to dating apps but like she was saying you know everyone needs to have their intentions the same yeah that at least that's what i'm feeling over here yeah and she did say a lot that people nowadays she said it seems like with her clients that they're just not as committed because they'll be like, oh, there's other people out there for me. I'll just keep swiping until I find the right one. So like when a little problem comes up, they don't just deal with it like you should. They just keep on swiping to find that perfect person. Yeah, and then I don't know if I'm the only one thinking this. You know, if one of your sources corroborated this, you can back me up. But I don't think it'll be just used for, I mean, study buddies. Like, wouldn't you want someone in your class? Yeah, I think it's kind of difficult to know that it will for sure be used for study buddies because like even tinder now is supposed to be like for dating and it seems to be just for casual relationships so i don't know if that'll actually happen but that's all questions for tinder and you actually spoke to tinder more or less spoke to tinder but you spoke to tinder didn't you yes i did you got to ask some questions i have talked to lyft no not lyft i've tried to talk to lyft mcdonald's the cta all these people no one metra got back to me once they were really nice but you got to speak to Tinder. Was that was that fun, at least? Can you brag about that for a second? Because I don't know any other people that I've worked with that have spoken to... Well, there was a guy last semester who talked to some of the, the Guberno candidates, which kind of overshadows you, but that's not the point. So you actually asked Tinder questions. What was that like? Yeah, so they were really cooperative. They got back to me really quickly within, like, 20 minutes of sending the email, so that was awesome. And they gave good responses. I was surprised that I would get anyone from tinder to actually respond so that was pretty cool and it helped like gain some insight to where they were coming from to get like see how they decided to start even like getting this feature and that's how we got the insider knowledge on this story we're not just pulling stuff out of the air we got the facts but 20 minutes after you emailed them yeah it was very quick what I know. <laughs> I don't know how to convey shock on the radio without just having dead air, which sounds terrible. But I think the quickest response I've gotten out of any email ever has been like an hour. And I'm like, whoa, they're already gotten back to me. Is everyone out here sent emails? 20 minutes. Yeah. I'll just, I'll just rub it in <laughs> a little bit more. I don't know if you have too much left on your Tinder story, but I think, uh, I think we're running out of time here. Is there anything else you want to add? I think that's it. I think we've basically covered it. Well, that was was truly exciting. I'm a little jealous now that you were able to speak to Tinder. I'm not going to let that go. Don't think I am. But uh, yeah, so apparently it's good to download now. Everyone download it. Start matching. Don't download it. I don't care what you do with your life. It's, It's an interesting subject. Thank you for being on the show, Catherine. Thank you. From the world of Tinder to the world of dogs, I have Miranda Manier in the studio with me. She is a multimedia reporter here at The Chronicle. How are you doing today, Miranda? I'm doing great, Blaze. How are you? Well, you have to be doing great by default because your story this week had dogs in it. That's true. I got to spend an hour shooting video of dogs. It was very exciting. Yeah. So can you just um, describe a little bit about this event? What exactly were you guys doing there? Yeah, so um, there is a pop-up at Emporium Pop-Ups in Logan Square on Milwaukee. Um, It is a pop-up that is a collaboration between Emporium and this dog rescue center called One Tail at a Time. Um, The pop-up is called Dog Days. It's a pup-up, if you (laughs) will. (laughs) And um, 
basically they're encouraging people to come to the bar with their dogs. They have some ticketed events. Um, I was there shooting at an event Sunday afternoon. Um, so it was the middle of the day. People could have come in with their dogs. They were rowdy. There was water for them to drink. There was a ball pit for them to enjoy. Um, and then throughout the run of the pop-up, which will be continuing through September 16th, um, there are some other various events. There are some solo sessions. So if someone has kind of a nervous dog that doesn't really want to interact with other dogs, they can bring it in and be the only dog in the bar for the night, which I think is pretty nice. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's a, they have dog themed drinks. They have a giant fire. Do- dog themed drinks. Yeah. I don't really, I'm not completely certain what that means. <laughs> I think that it's just like kitschy names and then with something, regular something flavors. I don't with think the dog it's dog in it, food but, um, in the drink. <laughs> I do have a very important question here that yes. you must answer with all seriousness. Okay. What was the, the best dog you saw? I know they're oh, all man. good dogs, but your favorite dog that you saw at the events? I had a definite standout. I really like small, fluffy dogs. And there was one that I think was a Shih Tzu and it had floppy ears. And as soon as it came in, it hid under a stool. And then its owner placed it on its stool and it just sat there and stared at everybody and looked frightened. <laughs> and then the owner placed it in its lap and he was holding a beer. And so the dog looked like it was drinking the beer. Oh, dogs <laughs> and can't it drink beer. It was very cute. It was just a very timid, relaxed, chill dog. It was very cute. It was okay. definitely I've owned two dogs in my life. I want to make sure that their breed was represented here. Were there okay. any dachshunds there? No. Oh, my any gosh. Dachshunds. I know. I'm sorry. And this one gets worse. Were there any Irish setters there? Okay, no, I don't, I, so. I don't see, I didn't many. see any. But I'm sure that there have been since. Again, I was only there for an hour during one event, and it's well, open for two Well, you need weeks. to go back. And okay, you need to I'll, keep, I'll keep an eye out keep, for the Irish You need to hit the pavement, the and you need to confirm that both those dogs were there. But as much Good. fun as talking about dogs is, and I could do it for hours, but we only have 30 minutes, <laughs> uh, what exactly was this event trying to achieve? Were they just trying to show people dogs, or what no, was the goal? No, so um, I got to speak with the executive director of One Tail at a Time, um, Heather, and she told me a little bit about the mission of the pop-up. Basically, uh, One Tail at a Time is, uh, like I said, a rescue center. So they encourage a lot of adoption um, because they want to get people dogs that are in need. Um, and they want to get these dogs in needs homes. Um, and they're also trying to raise awareness for vaccinations. Um, they make sure that people have access to all of these things to keep their dogs healthy and safe. Um, so it's really, it's, it's more than just a place for people to bring their dogs and hang out. It's also a way for people to get educated and to know that they have options to make sure dogs have humane places to go, which is really nice. And then I know you mentioned this before, but when is this event running if you, if someone wants to check it out? Yeah, it's running until September 16th. Um, I believe they're open every day except Mondays. I think it's open, I'm, I'm fairly certain it's 6 p.m. to 2 a.m. most nights. 6 p.m. to 2 a.m.? Yes, I know. People are bringing their dogs in at 2 a.m.? I'm not sure about that. But But then what's the point of going if there are no dogs? Well, then it's just a regular bar and the dog-themed drinks. That'd be a little weird showing up after all the dogs are gone and you get something that's a dog-themed drink. There are some cute decorations, too. They have, like, this giant fire hydrant in the back of the bar and they have this giant, like, paper mache squirrel. (laughs) It's really (laughs) cute. Well, that is all truly amazing. But uh, before we shift gears here, I actually do have sound from the event that I think perfectly uh, encapsulates this dog-themed utopia. This was from, uh, probably going to say this name wrong, Kara Schwaldbeck. Probably said that wrong. And she's a development and outreach assistant with one tail at a time. So let's take a listen to that. 
everyone, you know, just, I think feels at home and everyone's just having like a blast and, you know, it's low key. So I think that's nice too. It's just easy. You come, you hang out with your dogs. You don't have to worry about who's going to let your dog out or what your dog's getting into at home. It's just, you know, you're having a good time. Hey, Miranda, before I let you go, there's something a little special about this story. Usually our, uh, our, our coverage is anything print related or as we have here on the podcast, but I can't show you the dogs. But what you did is you can show me the dogs. That's so true. where can people find um, this this work? So I am a multimedia reporter for The Chronicle, which means I do all kinds of multimedia things, including videos. So if you go to our website or our YouTube channel, you'll be able to find a video as well as a print story written by our lovely reporter, Livy Deloyne. Um, so if you want to get some video, some audio visual, and then a print story that you can read, go to our website, check it out. Yep. Uh, that can be found at, you. Uh, go to YouTube, Columbia Chronicle on that and ColumbiaChronicle.com online. Miranda, thanks for stopping by. Thank you so much, please. Now over to our final story of the episode. I have staff reporter Madison Roy in the studio with me. How are you doing today, Maddie? I'm doing great, Blaze. Good to be here. Yes, it is always good to be on the radio. The radio is a happy place. But uh, over the past week, you went to the City Club of Chicago and you were at an event with um, Susanna Mendoza. Is that correct? That's right. She's the comptroller for the state of Illinois. Yeah. So for those of us out there, including myself a little bit, who don't exactly know what she does, what is it that she does within um, the state's government? Okay, so the controller is basically like the CFO of a company, um, except for the company is the state. So she pays all the state's bills, monitors the state funds, and she manages all the financial accounts. Yeah, so we're talking about financial accounts here, and uh, if you are somewhat in tune to Illinois politics, you may know we have been running with um, a budget for a couple years. We had it, I think, passed in June, but... Uh, Did she speak about life in Illinois without a budget, or what did she talk about at uh, City Club? Well, she did mention how hard it was to be in charge of the state's finances when there was no budget for two years. But uh, she actually was the one who fought to pass probably the hardest, uh, the budget, finally. Um, She released a video on Facebook after appealing to legislators who didn't listen to her. Uh, explaining the crisis that was going on and that video actually went viral and the budget was passed a week later because so many people were calling their legislators yeah we actually do have a little bit of her speaking from the city club event so let's take a listen to that and you know it's hard to overestimate uh, or over i should say it's hard to overstate really the importance of what the debt transparency act means for the state's finances it truly is the largest fiscal transparency reform in the history of our state Again, that was Susan Mendo- Susanna Mendoza, my mistake. Um, originally, I assigned you the story, and uh, I didn't want to say I didn't think it would be super interesting, but I thought, you know what, not too many people know exactly what she does. She's going to talk about the budget. Sometimes that can get kind of boring, but reading the story, it really wasn't that boring of a story. So you were at City Club, and she was, like, listening to her on the recording, she was pretty excited and, and around there. Was What was it kind of like covering that event? I was really surprised because I was also expecting to fall asleep in the audience, but she was so charismatic. The energy she brought to the room was incredible. Um, You could tell that she's very passionate about the people of Illinois and making sure that they're getting a fair deal. If it makes you feel any better, I know you had to stand in the press area, so there's no way you could have fallen asleep. But with the budget being such a big part of um, 
uh, I don't want to say Illinois politics, but with the, the rough patch that we talked about a little earlier that we have been dealing with for a couple of years, I figured it'd be interesting, and I've never actually heard her speak. So it was interesting to hear the, the, you know, the way she articulated her words and things like that. But with Rahm Emanuel stepping down as mayor, I didn't think this would happen, but you were there. How many times did um, the audience ask her if she was going to be mayor? There was a write-in portion at the end. Yeah, the uh, president said he had received at least 20 questions that have been asking the same thing. Are you considering a run for mayor? And the answer for all of you out there is no. Little suspense there, but uh, I guess what we could have expected. But, um, you know, I think you talked to or not talked to, but there were some people in the crowd who also were pretty... Like, I don't want to keep talking about how great she is, but it, again, I, it's, a, it's an interesting read. Obviously, I can't read the whole thing in front of you, so you should go pick up a copy of it. But uh, this was your first time at City Club, is that correct? That's right. Yeah, well, I guess, what were you expecting when you walk in? Have you done kind of this event reporting before? I have done some event reporting, and my mom works for the Rotary, so I was expecting it to be kind of like the Rotary, and it was, uh, except everyone was really dressed up. Oh, yeah. And they're all eating food, too. Yeah. So you're standing around there like, ah, I am hungry. But Well, you... I got food. Oh. They gave us the press food. That was really nice. They didn't give me food when <laughs> I went there. What, what is this? I, fe- I went there when Eddie Johnson spoke, and they didn't give me any food. Clearly, you got the better of the two events, but uh, I got a couple minutes here before I have to let you go. So uh, your story, it's online. It's in the print edition. You know, uh, Anything else exciting you want to run past us with it? searching over the notes yeah that's right uh the thing that struck me which i really didn't know is that she was actually the first hispanic person ever not just the first hispanic woman the first hispanic person ever to be elected to a statewide office in illinois isn't that incredible hmm wow i actually i i know i read your story and even then it really i i did not know that at all and it's to any office or is it to that office specifically or anything any statewide office oh any statewide office so anything with local municipalities such as chicago would be off the table because that is something more local maddie always a pleasure i think my time has run out for you is there anything else you want to say before we have to let you go no that's about it well it's been great talking with you i hope to speak with you soon that's gonna do it for us here today Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Chronicle Headlines. You can check out all these stories and more in our print edition available on campus, on our website, columbiachronicle.com, and our additional coverage on social media. We are CC Chronicle on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat, and The Chronicle on Facebook and YouTube. Chronicle Headlines is made possible with the collaboration of the staff of the Columbia Chronicle and WCRX-FM, Chicago's Underground, under the leadership of the Communication Department of Columbia College Chicago, Suzanne McBride Chair. I've been your host, Blaze Mesa. Until next time.